This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hello, welcome to another edition of The Soul's Journey, Astrology and Channeling with Tom Jacobs. This is, you guessed it, Tom Jacobs, on the web at tdjacobs.com and on the planet uh, in uh, located in Tucson, Arizona, but uh, right now I'm in Chandler, Arizona, outside of Phoenix for the ISAR conference. And if you're hearing this and you're there, uh, look me up. Come say hi. <laughs> uh, so uh, tonight's show is a Chiron show. And I've been working with Chiron intensively since early 2008 when I asked Ascended Master Jehudi, uh, one of the dudes that I channel, uh, also known as Thoth or Toth, St. Germain and Merlin, I asked him what would happen in 2012. And this was an earnest, very specific meditation session to, uh, you know, to learn more about that from his perspective. And he, I did this five or six times over a couple of months, and he very intentionally gave me this perspective on Chiron and emotion as the key to human evolution, dealing with emotion in healthier ways, understanding the causes of our emotional wounding, understanding what happens with the Chiron wound, what it really means to be a wounded healer, and then how to move beyond it. And so he was teaching me essentially how, or very directly, how to go beyond the false dichotomy of wounded or wounded healer that has come through the literature on Chiron in the last almost 40 years. This is a very exciting um, teaching. It's a very exciting idea. So I took that and turned it into an astrology teaching, meaning spelling out uh, houses, signs, transits, progressions, um, the Chiron return, uh, you know, spelling all that out in an astrology course that was 11 hours long. And for the last uh, three quarters of this episode, you're going to hear the first uh, 40 or so minutes of that course, which is about context, about learning to deal with emotions. Uh, it's called uh, Where We Are Now. It, it will be what you hear. So before we get into that, I want to do uh, some announcements. Uh, I recently, two days ago, returned from a fabulous uh, workation, vacation, something, uh, in uh, Portland, Oregon, and also uh, heading over the river north to Vancouver, Washington for an event. Uh, and uh, thank you to everybody who helped make that possible, who promoted an event or who showed up or who helped uh, you know, host me somewhere or network something. I really appreciate all of that. And I had a wonderful uh, vacation. The first part of it was spent uh, chilling out and the last part of it was spent doing two events and then also doing uh, upwards of maybe 10 readings for, for local people. And that was really fabulous to meet people and work with work with you guys one-on-one. -on -one. That was that was fantastic. Uh, so that is complete today, uh, headed to uh, Chandler, Arizona for the ISAR conference that starts uh, tomorrow, uh, Thursday. And I'm excited about that, um, meeting some old friends and also making new ones, et cetera, all those kinds of wonderful things. Um, Regarding other travel, I will be in Vancouver, British Columbia the last week, say the 23rd through the 31st of October, and I'll be doing the uh, uh, Body, Soul, and Spirit Expo 
and also will be available for private events and also one-on-one -on -one, uh, readings and energy work sessions. Very excited about that and uh, rushing around to renew my passport yesterday, right when I got back into Tucson. So very excited about that. And uh, also I may be in San Francisco in November, so you can kind of keep uh, keep, an, keep an eye peeled on, about that on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and also uh, my blog and tdjacobs.com. Uh, to keep up with all those things, it's best to follow me on social media because that, that's where, between Twitter and Facebook, because that's where I update on a regular basis. My email list, I do everything I can to send one message a month, maybe two. Mostly it's one message a month. I do not dig receiving a bunch of emails from, from people every week and you know people who are actually seeming like they're scrambling to come up with something relevant to send you every week to stay in your field can't stand it so you don't have that with me you get uh, but sometimes these uh, travel plans or these issues update uh, pretty quickly so f social media is the best if you're if you're you know hooked into that right now I'm gearing up for when I get back from Chandler to begin the 22 days of energy work channeling meditation calls with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron when I did this every day in August for 31 days had amazing results personally and most of the people who called in had amazing results too and so I'm so inspired that I'm doing it again in October uh, it turned out that 31 days was a little too much for me as the channel and so 22 days about day 24 I said okay that's a learning experience check. Uh, so 22 days of it. And the best part is that you can get all the MP3s this time. In August, it was about live calls, people uh, around the world and people in different, uh, you know, different time zones all over the world. And also people with a family and work commitments who couldn't make 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for 20 minute call. They couldn't do it. Now you can. Uh, anybody anywhere can do this because I'll be updating uh, a shared folder with a new mp3 every day October 1st through 22nd so you can do this whenever you want I want you to kickstart or rejuvenate or maintain a daily practice I want you to have the opportunity to step up to basically the edge of what a human t typically thinks she or he is and meet Jehudi and Metatron and their intensely loving empowering vibration on a daily basis Walk up to that, that line, that frontier, and say, I am willing to let you positively affect my consciousness and help me in my life. When you do that every day, things start to shift, and you get a better reflection of yourself from them, loving, empowered, grounded, confident. Your life will change if you meet them every day and say, yes, I'm willing. Of course, when you do that, then they start doing energy work. So these 20-minute calls or 20-minute MP3s, I am thrilled about doing this. I had a magical, transformative August, and uh, it really certain things I really had wanted to be doing, like a lot more travel and, and work elsewhere, just traveling around to do work for people, uh, got greenlit because of the transformative process that I went through in August. And so now that's starting. I've known about it for years. I've seen it on the horizon, but it's actually starting. So uh, the last thing is to say is that if you get something useful out of the show, Donate to support it. Uh, it does cost to put on every month, and I really appreciate all your donations. And uh, you can do that. You can also check out the very extensive backlist of, uh, well, there are about 15 books, and including ebooks, 17 titles, two natal reports, and uh, uh, an extensive backlist of uh, channeled 
and also just recorded astrology mp3s and so you can do all that through tdjacobs.com hope you enjoy uh, this chiron show all about uh, the context of of where we are as a collective evolving and how chiron can help us read more about my work at tdjacobs.com and i'll talk to you again live next week my approach to Chiron begins with it being an energetic sensitizer. To really understand what that means, we have to look at how we typically think about energy and how our level of consciousness about what energy is and does and is for and brings us, etc., what all of that stuff, uh, how that is changing now, uh, given certain conditions of life, on, of being on Earth right now. So what I want to talk about is how things are changing. Uh, the first thing is, people hear a lot about 2012, the end of the Mayan calendar. Um, people hear a lot about that, and if you've been listening to listening to me and reading and reading about my work, and following what I'm doing, you'll have seen a lot of talk about 2012 and a lot of talk about the energetic changes, the energetic shifts that are taking place right now. The ultimate or the end of 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 these shifts is the evolution of consciousness. It's that simple. Uh, the Mayan calendar was formed to track the evolution of consciousness here on Earth in this plane, in this um, time-space dimension. It's a series of overlapping cycles that begin at different times and all end at the same time. And that is the end of the Mayan long count calendar. The Mayans have several calendars, but the one we're talking about is the long count calendar, which is the one that stretches something like 16 billion years. And, you know, it's easy to think about what's going to happen at that time. And popular media has and will continue to intensify um, broadcasting fear about what will happen. And each person has essentially the choice on where he or she is going to end up on the, on the consciousness spectrum. This idea of evolution of consciousness has to do with understanding ourselves as spiritual beings, understanding our true natures as spiritual beings. What goes with that is understanding in what ways we are powerful creators, in what ways we create the world around us. It has always been true that everything is about energy. Everything we can talk about in the physical world boils down to energy. It all begins with energy. But we are now more capable than ever now with these ships that are unfolding and that culminate at the end of the Mayan Long Count calendar, a.k.a. 2012, we are now more capable of understanding in what ways we have been creating things all along. So this is an unprecedented time in the history of this planet and uh, in the particular time-space dimension in which it exists. If you're alive now, you have signed up to experience these shifts. You have opted at the soul level to be one of the billions of, of humans who encounters the challenges inherent in experiencing these shifts and in making the decision decisions about how you will navigate them. Uh, for those who are along for the ride in conscious ways, you're cleaning up your history. You're learning in what ways all of your, for example, relationship choices have reflected the needs of your soul. 
you have learned in what ways all of the difficult dynamics in your life, all of the, all of the, the dense, intense, knotted, entangled family relationships have served your evolution. And you are acknowledging in what ways they are contributing to your soul's mission. And you're thanking all of the people who have brought you difficult circumstances. So that's kind of the end game. That's kind of the, the end game strategy that we're talking about. As we shift our consciousness and we understand in what ways we are powerful, divine, creative beings, we have to go through our history and thank all of the teachers who have participated in our journeys, even if they can't thank us in the same way. In many ways, this journey, this particular chapter of our evolution and our evolution in consciousness has to do with learning about the importance of love. We talk about everything being energy. There are basically two kinds of ways of using energy. One is opening and generating love, and the other is closing and withholding love, or stopping love, or preventing love from being generated or shared. So we are, you know, this is getting into talking about fourth chakra stuff, the heart center, which is located in the middle of your chest, and it is a simple circuit. It is either open or closed, or perhaps more accurately, opening or closing. Every single thing you encounter either makes you open or closed to it. You either feel good and you feel welcoming and you open your energetic field to it, or you don't, you close it. Now, there is a very important teaching with uh, the heart chakra regarding Chiron, and I'm going to get into that when we talk about the archetypal journey later in the course. Uh, but that's kind of the nutshell to get us started with this. There are two kinds of responses to these challenges to evolve. Uh, evolution being owning our creative power. Owning our having created the manifest world around us according to our energy fields. One response is, thank you for the education. Thank you for the loving support in helping me further my evolution. Thank you for reflecting to me what's going on. The other response is, I can't believe this is happening to me. This stinks. Universe is crazy. God hates me, etc. Because as these shifts intensify, as these um, lessons intensify, we get challenged with more difficult parts of our life. What's happening is we're being challenged to choose to change our minds about why things have happened to us. When we can understand why it's happened and take responsibility for it, then we move into, we move closer or we move into that space of being the divine creator that we are. Being the portion of divine creative energy that each of us is. The shifts can look in different ways to different people. Some people say, wow, things are speeding up, or wow, I, I'm having to go through this film strip of all of my history, uh, you know, all of my relationship choices, all of my, my work stuff, all of my um, emotional stuff from, from all through my life. Some people um, will see these things manifest in their physical bodies more. And that is a result of the energy. You know, some people will, will come down with challenging illnesses, for example. Um, and, you know, with, with the right 
viewpoint, these things can be can be mitigated, reduced, and, and eliminated. But um, that's one of the ways things are manifesting, and will continue to manifest. Remember that everything in the physical world is because of energy, and then look to why it's happening, and then own it. Take responsibility for everything. Um, one of the big things about this is going from about this whole entire shift that I'm talking about is going from things happen to me that perspective that the world is acting on me or other people do things to me to I make this happen. Just saying I make this happen can't, is not enough. It can lead to self-judgment, self-criticism, self-hatred for having created painful scenarios. So it's not enough. We have to go several steps further and understand the point of why it is. And this is why I do the work that I do helping people understand why the soul has signed up for what it is, what it is experienced, like why you are experiencing what you are doing. And this whole Chiron uh, teaching that I've been channeling for a couple of years fits, fits into that nicely because, um, well, you'll hear. <laughs> Taking responsibility for what's happened to us helps us relieve others of the responsibility for what has happened to us. The... The way that Chiron has been understood since its uh, discovery and naming and when it started entering the astrological mind, astrological vocabulary in 1977, now 20, sorry, 33 years ago, that understanding of woundedness and then what healing is and is for, all of that understanding is essentially an infancy of this archetype. And I will explore more of that in the myth versus archetype section. But as we have understood that other people act on us, as we have so far in our evolution as humans looked at the things that happen to us as having happened from outside forces, that other people make choices that affect us, this shift, this Chironic 2012 shift is everything about understanding why we've created it and in what ways every single thing that's happened to us. When I work with clients deeply on Chiron issues, they learn to take responsibility for what has happened to them. They learn why it has happened. Um, taking apart Chiron in a chart is a great exercise, which is what you'll be able to do when you listen, when you, once you've completed listening to this entire course. Taking that apart is a great exercise in understanding how to not take energy personally. What happens with Chiron is we get triggered by energy and we take it personally. This way of looking at Chiron that the course covers and framing it in terms of 2012 with these energetic shifts that are taking place right now, it is personal, but it's personal not because the universe is out to get you. It's not because you are supposed to be in pain and suffering. It's not that you signed up to suffer. What you signed up to do is to learn how to manage being an energetic being having a physical experience. Every single person signed up to do that. So what it comes down to a lot of the time is deciding what our experiences mean. You'll hear that probably 400 million thousand billion trillion times during the course of this, of this whole audio project. What the experiences mean about us is the key 
to unraveling all these Chiron issues. Knowing ourselves as energetic beings having physical experiences, understanding the spiritual truths about living as energetic beings in this, this physical time-space plane requires taking a bird's-eye view on what's going on to us, what's going on with us. Meditation is very important. Uh, meditation helps you create, cultivate the capacity to develop an inner space so that you can observe what's happening in your life with some measure of detachment so that you can learn. So that actually opens up the space uh, through which you can learn to see why the things are happening the way that they are and not just experiencing things happening to you. Because of this learning that we are divine creative beings having human experiences and going through this shift from things happen to me to I create my reality is a tremendous leap in spiritual maturity. For a lot of people who are being challenged with, I mean as a collective, like we have never really gone through this. We've had, we've had individuals who shine through as exemplars of spiritual development in the past, but we have never as a collective been faced with this opportunity to accept the truth of why things happen and to know ourselves as energetic beings and the powerful divine creators that we are. We've never experienced it. So for some people who have been on spiritual paths for, for a very long time, uh, you know, including this life and other lives, either way, they are finally unlocking the secret, you know, what has seemed the secret tools, the missing ingredients to their processes, and they are able to um, ease into this process in a certain way. For those of us who are not looking at life through spiritual eyes, and for those of us who are not accustomed to this, um, what we're seeing is the results of what we've been creating intensifying. So I mentioned physical illness earlier, and I don't talk about this in order to scare people, but as one way that, believe me, I don't, <laughs> uh, but, but as one way that energy manifests and one site of action in which things can intensify, physical illness is one of the ways. Another way is um, difficulty in relationships, relationships that have never worked, that have never supported the spiritual path, you know, that a person is on or is being invited to step onto, you know, that's waiting for him or her. Um, um, economic issues, uh, job issues, issues with authority figures, um, issues with where love comes from and why, like, uh, you know, getting needs met, self-care, like all of these arenas are intensifying for people who have the lessons presented to them, but they're not really sure what to do with it. Um, the vast majority of people do not know what to do with these lessons. The vast majority of people are not prepared to go through this shift. Uh, what that looks like for them is that these difficulties will intensify, but they won't understand why it's happening. Uh, for those of us who have opted to kind of um, experience this transition in a more conscious way, now they're experiencing the transition, uh, but for those of us who have opted to experience a transition in a more conscious way and to have kind of, a, kind of a, an overt uh, conscious understanding of what's happening and why, um, we can move through these historical knots faster.
the capacity to move through history, to unravel karma, to process old energetic beliefs, you know, old beliefs in our, in our energy fields and, and thereby change our lives is accelerated just as the manifestation of the knots, if we don't do it, is accelerated. So it's very important, no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're up to, to withhold judgment of those who are not choosing to change. Everybody who is shifting will be, for example, surrounded by family members who are not shifting, people who are not understanding that, you know, if you make changes, if you um, choose to understand things differently, if you look at things through your spiritual eyes, as bird's eye view, that life will change and having optimism about uh, advancement and, and spiritual evolution. Lots of people will have family members, for example, and even spouses and friends and roommates who do not. So it's very important to withhold judgment of everybody who is not doing it and also withhold judgment of the process of anybody who is or is not going through it. Each of us is here on a spiritual journey, whether we're conscious of being spiritual beings or not. You know, each of us is uh, facing these questions and our souls are benefiting from having from exploring these these possibilities. So uh, let's say that you're changing, but other people aren't changing. Just let them be what they are. If they want to take cues from you and learn from you, then great. You know, if you happen to be a practitioner of some kind, of any kind of energetic or spiritual um, uh, category, and people want to take cues from you, then perfect. Uh, but just, but just uh, holding your heart not to judge their process. Now, also, don't judge your process. You're being invited to go through your history and clean up a lot of junk. This is difficult. Don't judge yourself either. Just create a loving space where there's no judgment and just learn to create enough detachment so, you can, so that you can observe what's going on and move through it. So this is a lot about um, these energetic shifts. You know, uh, as you as you listen to the rest of the course, you'll understand how Chiron fits into this. Um, this th everything I do with Chiron. Um, well, that's not true. Hold on. Yeah, you're listening to this. You're like, can't he edit stuff out? But I don't. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of what I do with Chiron results from, especially the channeling over the last two plus years, uh, results from me asking my guides and Ascended Masters what will happen in 2012. I was starting to hear some things. Whenever I hear people say, oh, you should be afraid of this, whether it's implied or explicit, um, I'm always doubtful because we all have choices about how to respond to things. And anytime someone tells me to be afraid of something, I, I you know, step into it, which is why I, I do such in-depth work with Pluto, Lucifer, and Lilith uh, as well. And... Um, so I sat down in meditation and it was probably five to seven sessions of sitting down with this one question, what is going to happen in 2012? And every single response was very direct and very clear, uh, an unfolding picture about how to help people with their Chiron issues. So the teachings that you're going to hear uh, in this in this course ha are, are channeled. And then I've spent time and energy articulating it in terms of how people already understand Chiron and chart analysis. But um, the core teachings that you'll be hearing have everything to do with what um, my guides and Ascended Masters, specifically Thoth and St. Germain, um, have to say about what's going on with Chiron. So uh, at the time, I was thrilled to get this information, but I was also a little disappointed that my question wasn't being answered. And then I had to remember that sometimes 
you ask a question that isn't answerable. You know, sometimes your motivation's out of whack, and so the answer you'll get from guides or other spirit beings is either nothing, because um, if you're operating from fear, they can't understand you, or they can't respond to you. You're not open to, to hearing the frequency that they work on. Uh, but also sometimes there's no answer to the questions you ask. And so what you get is what you are, quote-unquote, supposed to be focusing on instead. So after about a half dozen of these sessions where I said, great, thank you for this Chiron teaching, and I... You you know, made furious notes or notes furiously, you know, uh, getting all the stuff down in my, in my notebook. Um, I realized that this is what we should be focusing on. Uh, changing our relationship to energy, changing our understanding of ourselves. Who do we think we are? When we focus on this idea of being spiritual beings or, or which is a way of saying energetic beings having these physical slash human experiences that takes us into really understanding what Chiron is all about. So I'm extremely grateful uh, to my guides and to Thoth and, and St. Germain for, for, for bringing a lot of this through and for answering these questions. Um, but when I first looked at all of this and I said, well, okay, I asked what was going to happen with 2012 and I received all this stuff about Chiron. I had to deduce in time, after kind of being a little confused about it, deduce in time that this shifting our perspective of energy and our understanding of who we are and how we experience life, which is essentially how we experience energy, that shifting that is the answer to 2012. So the key when it comes to Chiron, and it's obviously, you know, a little bit ironical, you you're probably laughing because the you know the, the glyph for Chiron looks like a key. Uh, the key when it comes to Chiron is changing our relationship to energy, changing the labels we put on energy, changing our capacity to traffic in energy, you know, altering how we relate to emotions which are energy. And so what I eventually articulated and then had it confirmed with really enthusiastic thumbs up from all those guides <laughs> is that what is going to happen in 2012 has nothing to do with what might happen in the physical world. Nobody knows that. We don't know that. You know, there's a movie out that's, that plays out all these disaster scenarios and, you know, blah, the entire world is crumbling, et cetera, and people are, you know, freaking out. Uh, you know, there's all this stuff in the media. This is going to continue to intensify. But that is not where our attention needs to be. Our attention needs to be on how we experience energy, how we experience ourselves as energetic beings. And, uh, I mean, because when I said what's going to happen in 2012 and the information on Chiron that came through is how to heal Chiron issues you know, doing what I call now emotional archaeology, you know, digging through these, these layers, these strata of, of what's in our, our energetic field, which one way to access it is looking at it through the emotions that we have experienced in this life and in other lives. So this has also a lot to do with karma in many people when Chiron's tied in with Pluto or the nodes or the nodal rulers. So that's one way to have a, to have a prominent Chiron, in other words. But looking at changing this history, rewriting the history of why things happened, because that frees up you to feel everything that you can feel. 
which is the end goal. To become fully human at this stage in our evolution is to accept everything about ourselves. So we have to heal shadow stuff. But it's, you know, in any given moment, it has a lot to do, like in, inhabiting this sense or this full sense of human being, this full sense of being human has to do with feeling everything we can feel while we learn to manage our energy. This is, will sound to many outside the scope of astrology, which is okay. <laughs> I don't have any judgments about that. Um, I think this takes us into kind of astrology plus where we learn that astrology is a language of energy. And if you're following my work and you've read The Soul's Journey 1 and some other of my books, you see that I'm really focused on teaching people to think astrologically, which is thinking in terms of energy, not in terms of specifics and details. Because uh, when you understand the energy of a chart, then you can really work with people as they live that energy because the choices, the choices they make determine everything. So while this might seem outside the, the, the scope of astrology, I can assure you that this kind of thinking is a major part of the future of astrology. For those of us who shift, who evolve, who change, who alter our understanding of ourselves as energetic beings, we are in a process of evolution of moving into understanding ourselves as these divine creative beings, understanding in what ways we create the world around us. No other kind of astrology, like no kind of astrology, no version, no form, no dialect of this language of energy that is not spoken about energy will remain relevant to people. My own personal feeling on this, not to get too sidetracked, but it does set the stage for the rest of the course, so it seems, it seems relevant. My own personal feeling is that each of us is naturally wired to seek meaning. And we each know on some gut level, we, all, we each intuitively know that astrology and other divination arts can tell us who we are and what we're doing here. And so in one sense, all of these divination tools are you know, ways to go down the path of spirituality. But if we get away from spirituality and start getting in our heads and start doing these uh, these divination arts as intellectual pursuits, or if we get caught up in the ideas of things and we forget that it's about energy, then we're not actually being served. I can't tell you how many times a client says to me, I've had 10 readings or I've studied my chart for 20 years, but what you just told me in an hour about my chart helps me make sense to myself. And that's because I'm doing this energetic approach. It's all about energy. So we are changing and our astrology needs to change with us. Chiron is a huge part of that because it teaches us the value in, in learning about ourselves as energetic beings. As you'll hear in the course, each person is an antenna for energy relative to what their Chiron placement is, so house, sign, and aspect. Each person is an antenna for energy. Now, 
mostly how we experience or I should say uh, how we understand energy is through or as emotion. And so Chiron stuff has a lot to do with emotional stuff, but it's really uh, the core of it is about being sensitive to energy. Because there is a wide variety of kinds of energy out there that we experience, um, some of it feels bad, some of it feels good. You know, we apply labels and meaning to the energies that we experience, to the emotions that we experience. And then, of course, we seek those, you know, we seek to repeat or seek to find those that make us feel good. And we tend to reject and avoid and shun those that make us feel bad. The Chiron evolution at this time is to, like I said, while learning to manage one's energy, while learning to manage the creation of the world around oneself in terms of the energy he or she is holding, we detach from the meaning that we have assigned to emotions. We learn the real uh, process of healing. And Chiron teaches us the value in healing. Um, not to get too ahead of myself, but one of the major teachings of Chiron is to look at the point, to understand the point of pain and suffering. As each person is an antenna for Chiron energy, all kinds of great energy is experienced, all kind of horrible energy are, is experienced. And, but the meaning that gets associated with them, you know, I, I'm going to uh, pursue pleasure, I'm going to seek joy, and I'm going to avoid pain, and I'm going to avoid suffering. Um, that's a natural human response. We don't want to feel pain. Well, at this stage in our evolution, we have to understand what the point of pain and suffering is. What I have been shown by these masters and my guides is that the point of pain and suffering is to teach us the value of choosing compassion. So if you're looking for one keyword uh, for the process of using the key, which is understanding energetic sensitivity surrounding Chiron, that, that word would be compassion. Each of us has a choice on how to respond to the energy in the world around us. Not many of us respond to joy with negativity. <laughs> uh, joy can be infectious. We feel good when other people feel joy. We're happy when people are happy. When we, however, experience, when we um, sense pain and suffering in the world around us, we don't like to experience that. Some of us take it on as a mission to help heal people and to support people and to caretake, but many of us don't. So in this transition right now, what we're supposed to look at is the value in choosing compassion in the face of pain and suffering. When we experience difficulty within or without pain and suffering and we shut down, we close our hearts. We don't want to feel that. You know, we choose not to feel that emotion, that energy. We cut off a part of ourselves. It is not head in the clouds, pie in the sky, fluffy new age nonsense to say that love is the answer to everything. Maybe that's become a cliche in some ways of thinking, in some circles, but this choice to have compassion in the 
in the face of pain and suffering is the choice to love. Chiron empowerment, Chiron growth, Chiron evolution centers on the choice to be loving no matter what you experience. Again, this is in some ways outside the normal scope of astrology, but astrology is just a language telling us about the human experience. And the human experience being this journey of understanding ourselves as energy, having physical experience, you know, therefore astrology should always be supporting our spiritual evolution. So we, you know, in some ways this course is going to depart from tradition. Uh, in some ways everything I do or most things I do departs from tradition because I'm looking at this from the energetic spiritual standpoint. But as energetic beings and love being energy, love being the, the white light in the energetic spectrum, you know, when we talk about um, fear versus love, we talk about there being two motivations. You know, there are basically two kinds of ways of doing things. And one is with love, which can also be called faith. And the other one is fear, which is essentially an absence or a withholding of love. It's acting without love. When we look at things in, through, through those eyes, in that light, there is only one ultimate choice, and it is to be loving. What we tend to think of, what we talk about as love, and what we represent in our culture as love is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when we encounter anything, we respond with openness. Openness to share our energy, to uh, not talking about crossing streams of energy or mixing energy. I'm talking about showing the truth of who you are, which is love, which is loving. When people are suffering, they will tend to see it in terms of material uh, manifestations. It's not always true that people understand the energy about what they're experiencing. And so it has to come out in the physical plane, it has to come out in the material world. So, um, you know, something about the body is broken and that creates suffering. You know, something about um, um, the material world, I don't have food, I don't have a house, you know, I don't have relationships, I don't have love, I don't have acceptance, you know, I don't have a, a family, I don't have connectedness, I don't have connection. All of those things are, are outgrowths in the physical world of the energy someone is carrying. So because it looks like a lot of things that are difficult for us to deal with, a homeless person on the street asks you for money. You know, that's one of these, that's one of these manifestations. What we really need is love. What we really need is compassion. We really need the energetic connectedness, the energetic connection. These other things, these, these material world or manifest situations arise from our capacity or from our feeling of energy. So when you're confronted with pain and suffering, no matter what it looks like, you know, somebody who is sick, somebody who is dying, somebody who is, who is destitute, somebody who is abused, 
all of these situations have real-world remedies, of course. You know, uh, all of these situations have these practical um, routes through them. And yet what the person at the spiritual level needs is compassion. So we have lots of models of what this might look like. People who devote their lives to helping the, <clears throat> the poor, the downtrodden, etc. But in our daily lives, we can do a tremendous, you know, and these are, these people are extreme examples like mother Teresa, you know, et cetera. You know, these, these people who kind of walk into the middle of the storm of, um, destitution or something like this and, and do, you know, commit their lives to doing this kind of work. And that is one kind of example. But what we're being asked to do now with all of these energetic shifts in consciousness, you know, everything that I've been talking about so far, what we're being asked to do now is to respond to any and all pain and suffering with compassion, which requires us to have an open heart. A lot of us, we'll get into this more deeply in the archetype journey, but a lot of us look at the prospect of opening our hearts as a very dangerous idea. We, if we do that, we'll be totally emotional. We won't be able to control ourselves. We might start weeping if we're holding pain or grief from the past. Um, and, and there are strategies we're going we're gonna to work on in the Chironic journey uh, in the myth and archetype section. But in our daily lives, to respond to any and all pain and suffering with compassion is extremely important. That provides us spiritual evolution. When we do that, it's not obvious, but when we do this, we spread love in the world. And again, this is not pie in the sky, head in the clouds, you know, new age, fluffy nonsense. This is how we solve our spiritual issues, how we solve our spiritual problems, which have a lot to do with this chironic energetic sensitivity. Because you're walking around being an antenna for other people's energy, which includes their suffering. How do you respond to it? You know, do you shut down? Do you open your heart? Do you think that because they're suffering, you should suffer too? Do you understand in what ways their suffering is their story, is their journey, their experience? You know, and can that, that involves learning energy management, which I think we are going to get into later, actually. Uh, astrology uh, buffs or aficionados will know that, you know, that old axiom, as above, so below, and, you know, talking about the relationship of our lives to the planets. And I update that. I go one step further and say, as inside, so outside. Because as we create the world around us, the world becomes a reflection of our own energy fields. When you encounter suffering and you don't look at it and you don't respond with compassion, we know, we can, I can know for certain, we can know for sure that within you, there are parts of you that need compassion and you don't respond to them. So the big part of the Chiron journey, which we'll get into later, has to do with learning how to treat ourselves compassionately. And when we do that, then we can understand how to treat others compassionately. Getting back to where we are now relative to 2012 and all these opportunities to shift and experience ourselves as energetic beings, what we're looking at now is a divergence in levels of consciousness. Those of us who go down the path, who respond 
to the invitations that we're being asked to learn about our history and how we've created the worlds around us, how, how we have created our own worlds around us. Um, that's going to be one level of consciousness where we open and adapt to this view of seeing ourselves as spiritual creators, creating all of this. Um, the other level of consciousness for those people that do not choose to change in the way that you do, in the way that the others do, um, things will seem to stay the same, but get more intense. You know, the same themes, the same patterns, the same issues, but more intense, perhaps probably faster. Uh, you know, the ways that problems can manifest in the material plane will become faster because at the same way that the ways that we can solve and heal and release the, and understand this new perspective, this higher view, this bird's eye perspective on ourselves as spiritual beings also increases in speed. So divergent levels of consciousness. Those of you who go through this process of change will find themselves speaking a different language. You'll find yourself using language, not just a different vocabulary, but using language in a very intentional way, in a very different way that actually brings through the energy of yourself as a divine creative being. Um, some of you will begin, if not if you have not already, to channel and to live lives essentially connected to your higher self or your guides or the masters that you're aligned with. And that will naturally change your relationships because lots of other people will not do this. They won't understand what you're talking about. And you will have some sense of being able to understand what they're talking about, but you won't be able to relate to it and they won't be able to relate to you. So what I want to close this section with is understand that as you go down this chironic journey, which is an initiation into spiritual maturity, not just what traditions have said spirituality is, but what the the, the ascended masters who hang around to help us, what they tell me that that spiritual change and evolution is. You know, as you go down that path, you are going to be living in a different world. You'll be more connected to your intuition. You know, specifically with Chiron, living a life where you are willing to sense what is going on in the world around you leads or, or comes with has built into it living in harmony with the flow around you, you know, living in a world, creating the world around you that matches your vibration. So you'll naturally be guided to live in a certain place. You'll be guided to go here and go there. You'll be, you'll feel that inner wisdom nudging you to do things. That's part of the chironic journey. So as we experience divergent levels of consciousness, again, no judgment. No judgment on how fast you may or may not be doing your path. No judgment on uh, how fast or, or, or how much or how not uh, anyone else is doing his or her path. Learning how to love ourselves as divine creators. Learning how to respond to the world around us with compassion. Learning how to, by responding with compassion, how we can end suffering and pain in ourselves and the world around us. So going forward, in the rest of this course, you're going to learn not just Chiron through the signs and houses and aspects and, you know, transits, progressions, etc. All of the technical, you know, how to look at, how to understand the technical side of 
Chiron in a chart, but you're also going to be learning about how to manage energy, how to come out of the Chiron victimhood into understanding uh, the spiritual purpose of this energetic antenna that each person is carrying. So I'm very excited. Um, this is the, the end of the introduction, and uh, I hope you're excited too. So keep listening and uh, roll up your sleeves and get ready to learn all this stuff that I've been channeling for a couple of years that, that people find really, really useful uh, in helping them to change their lives. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.